0: You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. God wants His people to prosper, and I believe that He's anointed me to help you to prosper, to go from one level to another level all year. And we're going to break poverty and lack and scarcity, unfulfilled desire over your life. It's going to take you to another level of abundance in God. Come on, take this journey with me. How to win our prosperity edition 2024. Are you ready to break free from the chains of anxiety, stress, and depression? Mike Moore, author and founding pastor of Faith Chapel and host of the How to Win podcast is here with his new book, Help My mind is under attack. Learn how to overcome attacks on your mind and live an emotionally healthy life. Grab your copy now. Available as ebook on Amazon and paperback on mikemoore.com. Embark on your journey to complete mental health and emotional peace. Hello, I'm Mike Moore and welcome to the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Listen, welcome. I'm so glad to have you with us. We're going to have a great time. We're on a journey. And if you heard my first episode, we are on a journey that I'm calling my Prosperity Edition of the How to Win podcast. And last year, I introduced my Leadership Edition. This year, this is my Prosperity Edition. So I do a Tuesday podcast and a Thursday podcast, and these podcasts are on demand. So you can go to MikeMooreMinistries.com. You can download Mike Moore Ministry. You can go to YouTube and pull these lessons, and they will bless you. This is our second episode of a new series that I began uh, in our last session. The series title of this series is Poor No More. Say that. Poor No More. More. The theme that runs through this series is a multi-lesson series. The theme that runs through is God's perspective and God's remedy for poverty. His perspective, how does God view poverty and his remedy for uh, poverty? This is episode number two. Uh, In episode number one, we talked about and answered the question. In fact, we answered several questions. We answered the question, what is poverty? We answered the question, why did Jesus come? And we answered to undo the works of the devil. We began to answer the question, what was Jesus' strategy? Now we know that poverty from last week is a material condition, is a mental condition, is a spiritual condition. We know that Jesus, that poverty is a work of the devil. He is, Satan is the author and the originator of poverty. We know why Jesus came to undo the works of the devil. And then we ask the question, what was his strategy? He came to undo the works of the devil. Poverty is a work of the devil. It is the destruction of the poor, the Bible says. But what was Jesus' strategy? And we said that he had a twofold strategy beyond giving to the material needs of the poor. Now, he did it. We do it. You should give to the material needs of the poor. But beyond that, because poverty is not just a material condition— it's a mental and a spiritual condition. Beyond that, Jesus had a twofold strategy. His strategy was to preach the gospel to the poor. And we talked about that in our first episode. Secondfold part of his strategy was to preach the kingdom of God his strategy was to preach the kingdom of God. So we got a new term. We got to get into this kingdom of God thing because the Bible clearly says that he came to preach the kingdom of, uh, uh, of God. Now listen at Mark chapter one, verses 14 through 15 in the New King James Version. It says, now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now, listen what it says. After John the Baptist was put in prison, John the baptizer, his cousin was put in prison, and then Jesus came on the scene, and the Bible says he came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. He came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. He came preaching. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. What gospel? The gospel of the kingdom of God. Now I want to ask you, maybe you're a minister, maybe you're a believer, maybe you're a pastor, a teacher, uh, maybe you function in a fold ministry. Are you preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God? Are you preaching the good news of the kingdom of God? I can ask you another way, and I don't mean in any way to be a put down or are speaking to people in a negative way. Are you preaching the gospel fully? I know you preaching the gospel, but are you fully preaching the gospel? where, Where do you get that from? Where is that in the scripture? Well, in Romans 15, verse 19, make a mental note of this. The apostle Paul says this in his writing to the church at Rome. He says in verse 19, in mighty signs and wonders... By the power of the Spirit of God, from Jerusalem to Ilicrum, Ilicrum, he says, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Now, notice, that's interesting. He said, I fully preached it. I fully preached it. I fully preached it, which implies you can preach the gospel, but not fully preach it. And then he says, the gospel of the kingdom of God. There's another text you may look it up at sometimes. It's Acts 28 verses 30 through 31. Uh, Acts 28 verses uh, 30 uh, through 31. This is, this is, Paul has arrived. Remember he was captured and, and he, pleaded based on his Roman citizenship that he wanted to be tried by Caesar. So he went through this trip to Rome, shipwrecked, then got back on a course. He ended up in Rome, actually a prisoner, but they allowed him to have a rented house. In Romans 28, the last chapter of the book of Acts, Verse 30 and 31, it says that he dwelt for two years in his own rented house and received everyone who came to him. And then it says that he preached the kingdom of God. We got to find out about this kingdom of God, what it is, and how does it connect to our material well-being? Well, let's talk. Uh, What is Several questions. In fact, the rest of the way, I'm going to answer five questions. Five questions. Number one, what is the kingdom? Because this lesson today is the good news of the kingdom of God. So let's start at, at, at the first first base. What is a kingdom? A kingdom is a territory over which a king rules. That's simple. If it's a kingdom, then there must be a king ruling. In fact, Jesus said to Pilate, Right before his crucifixion, he said, My kingdom is not of this world. He said to his disciples in Matthew 6, 10, and in instructing them about prayer, Pray, my kingdom come, and my will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So a kingdom is the territory over which a king rules. Second question, how many kingdoms are there? Now, I'm not speaking naturally. I'm not talking about uh, England. Uh, I'm not talking about Great Britain. I'm not talking about earthly kingdoms. How many kingdoms are there from a spiritual point of view, according to the Bible? Well, according to Colossians 1.13, there are two kingdoms operating in the earth. Spiritual kingdoms. There are two kingdoms operating in the earth. Colossians 1.13 in the New Living Translation says, for he has received, uh, he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. Two kingdoms. The kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of God's dear son so that's the kingdom of Jesus the kingdom of darkness the kingdom of Jesus two kingdoms the kingdom of darkness Satan is king and he rules his kingdom through ignorance that's 2nd Corinthians 4 4 the scripture says that Satan is the God small g of this world the world system and he blinds the minds of men lest they hear the glorious gospel of the kingdom so satan works through ignorance the kingdom of jesus in the kingdom of jesus jesus is the king and he rules through knowledge jesus said john eight thirty one through 32 If you're my disciples indeed, then you should continue in my word. He says, And you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Knowledge. Two kingdoms. Kingdom of darkness, Satan is the king. He rules through ignorance. He wants you to be ignorant. Kingdom of Jesus, Jesus is the king. He rules through knowledge. Now, So we know, second question, how many kingdoms there are. There are two kingdoms, kingdom of darkness, kingdom of Jesus. Now, here's a big question. This is a big one. What is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of God? We're to preach, and that's our topic today, we're to preach the gospel, the good news of the kingdom. That's the subtopic, the good news of the kingdom of God. So what is the kingdom of God? I'm going to give you two definitions. One uh, of the definitions, I want you to think about it, and then I'll give you a definition that Miles Monroe, the great pastor, great teacher, great leader, who's now in heaven, uh, taught on the kingdom of God uh, quite often. Here's my first definition. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God, and I'm, I'm, I'm drawing from a series that I taught as a pastor called Not From Around Here, Not From Around Here. Now, the church that I'm a, now a member of and pastor, my son is the lead pastor now. But that church, Faith Chapel, has a, a free app. You can go to faithchapel.net, download the app, and on that Faith Chapel app, there are messages, free messages, and one of those series is not from around here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you somewhat the skinny uh, summary of what I taught in that, that series. So here's what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is an invasion of saints' territory, control, and influence in the earth. It is an invasion of of Satan's territory, control, and influence in the earth by God's royal family, that's Christians, believers, demonstrating God's power to free men. Three parts to this definition. The kingdom of God is an invasion, number one, is an invasion of Satan's territory, control, and influence. Secondly, It is an invasion by God's royal family. And then thirdly, God's royal family is demonstrating God's power to free men. Powerful definition. Here's a definition that Miles Monroe gives uh, concerning uh, the kingdom of God. He says that the kingdom of God is the governing influence of a king, that king being Jesus over his territory, impacting with his personal will, purpose, and intent producing a culture, values, morals, lifestyle that reflects the king's desire and nature for his citizens. Now if you break that down, he's literally saying that the kingdom of God is the influence of Jesus in the earth. And it is the bringing forth of Jesus' will in the earth, Jesus' purpose in the earth, Jesus' intent in the earth, and producing a kingdom or Jesus-like culture with Jesus' values, Jesus' morals, and Jesus' lifestyle, reflecting Jesus' desire and nature, through his citizens, that's believers, in the earth, the kingdom of God. We're to preach the kingdom of God, God's rule in the earth, God reigning in the earth. We're to preach the kingdom of God, Jesus' values, Jesus' uh, Jesus intent, his purpose, his will in the earth. When we start preaching that, we're preaching the kingdom of God. Now... What, here's a a fourth question. We talked about what is a kingdom. We answered the second question, how many kingdoms are there in the earth? The third question, what is a kingdom? Now, the fourth question is what is the connection between the kingdom of God and poverty? What is the connection between the kingdom of God and material and proficiency? and financial provision. Often we read scriptures, but we don't read scriptures with a kingdom mindset. And sometimes we miss it. We miss the whole thing of, God's will, his purpose, his intent, his vows, his morals, his lifestyle. We miss invading Satan territory, set people free, the kingdom. Well, let's read something Jesus said in his teachings about the kingdom and how the kingdom of God connects to material provisions. Matthew 6, 25 through 33. I read it in the New Living Translation. And and I'm going to read, pardon me, Matthew 6, 25. Then I'm going to skip down to verse 32 and 33 in the New Living Translation. It says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. What you should, what you have enough to f- whether you have enough food and drink enough clothes to wear is not isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing now that's matthew 6 25 if you're reading in different translations Uh, The traditional translation says, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat and what you shall drink and what clothes you shall put on. So we know the New Living Translation says, don't worry about everyday life. Don't worry about what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink and the clothes. He said, don't worry about it. So we know that in this teaching from Matthew 6:25 that he's talking about material things he's not talking about spiritual things he's talking about material things what you eat what you drink what you wear he's talking about your everyday needs of life your everyday material needs of life and then if we skip down to Matthew 6:32 in the new living translation he says these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers but your heavenly father already knows all your need now listen at that that's Matthew 6:32 he says What you eat, what you drink, what you put on, your material provision is what dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Dominate their thoughts. Dominate what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to wear. How can I pay my bills? You know, I need money for this. He said those things dominate the minds of unbelievers. He said they shouldn't dominate your mind believer, Christian because your father, and if you're born again, God is your father. He, has, he knows what you need. In other words, he isn't saying, are these things not important? All that's important is your spiritual life. All that's important Jesus never said that. He never said that what you need materially and financially wasn't important. He's saying, don't allow it to dominate your thinking. Don't worry about it because God, your father knows you need it. Got it. Now look at verse 36. Now watch this. He's going to connect the kingdom of God to the things that we need, not spiritual things, What you eat, what you drink, what you put on, where you live, what you drive, your material provision. All of us need material provision, and God knows it. Now, verse 33, Matthew 6, 33, in the New Living Translation, this is what it says. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he, your father, will give you everything you need. Now, notice here, he says, seek the kingdom of God. Live righteously. What does that mean? What does that mean? He's he's instructing his people, instructing you and our believers, to seek God's way of having, seek God's way of doing things. In other words, he says, God wants you to have the things because you need things. You need shelter and clothes and food. You need transportation. You need a job. You have need, and God knows it. He just simply says, seek to know And understand and to do God's way of getting your needs met. God's way of getting your needs met. He says if you seek God's way of getting your needs met and then you live upright, represent God in your everyday life, he said God will Add everything that you need. That's food and clothing and shelter and transportation and jobs and everything you need. He says seek first the kingdom of God. So now Jesus connects the kingdom of God with material provision. Now, let's look at this text in Luke chapter 12. I hope you're getting this because this is such powerful stuff. It's good stuff. Now, watch this. Luke 12, 31 through 32 in the New Living Translation. Jesus says, seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it is... It gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Now, notice what he says. He's talking about mere material things. He said, don't be afraid. Seek the kingdom, God's way of having material things. He said, because it fa- gives your father happiness to provide you for everything that you need. He said, God is happy to give you the kingdom. So now notice Jesus connects material provision with God's kingdom. So as we wrap this up, and boy, we got a long way to go, but we got to wrap this up. So what is the ki- what is the kingdom of God good news? What is the gospel of the kingdom of God? Why is the kingdom of God good news? Why is it good news? Because the kingdom of God, listen carefully, is where Jesus, the king, is and in control. It's where Jesus, the kingdom of God, is where Jesus is. It's where Jesus controls. Where God is king or Jesus is king, Satan, demons, sin, sickness, Poverty and every evil work cannot coexist or prevail where God is king, where Jesus is king, where the kingdom of God is. You cannot have evil coexist. You cannot have sickness and disease and poverty and evil works and demons and sin and Satan can't prevail where Jesus is in his kingdom and when we preach his kingdom, it's like turning on a light and when you turn on a light, the darkness runs away, the darkness flees because darkness cannot coexist with light. Poverty cannot coexist where the kingdom of God is because in the kingdom is where Jesus rules, where he's in control. Now watch this. Psalms 103 verse 19 says, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. His kingdom now watch this, the laws, oh Lord, please get this, please make a mental note of this, please write this down, please meditate on this. The laws of the kingdom of God supersedes all human laws, all limitations, all boundaries, all obstacles, all weaknesses, all deficiencies. The laws of the kingdom, and that's what I'm going to be teaching this year. I'm going to be teaching you the laws of the kingdom of God. And these laws that I'm going to teach you about the kingdom of God, they supersede a rule over all human laws. Every limitation, every boundary, every Uh, obstacle, every deficiency, every weakness cannot stand against these laws that govern the kingdom. It could be racial it could be social, economic educational, environmental marital status, gender age, nothing can stand against the kingdom of God, so it's not an issue of race, black, white, red, yellow, brown, your race is not an impediment in the kingdom of God, it's not a roadblock in the kingdom, your social standing is not a roadblock your economic standing you can be homeless the kingdom of God and the law the governor came to pull you out of homelessness. It, it, education. You say, "Well, I don't have a degree, or I didn't finish school, or, I didn't have that." Or you can say, "I have a degree, and I finished school, and I'm still struggling." But listen, there are no limitations educationally, no environmental. Maybe, maybe you're in a rural area. Maybe you're in the city. You know, when I was pastoring my congregation. Was given the mandate to build a 3,000 seat sanctuary debt free, cost $16 million. We're in a rural area and an area that's not progressive, and God built that thing through his willing people who believe laws that govern the kingdom and our being in the country, in the rural, in a depressed area could not stand against the laws of the kingdom. And that's what I'm saying. Merit of status, you say, well, I'm a female, or I'm a male, or I'm met. Age is no impediment. Gender uh, is no impediment. We Christians are citizens of the kingdom of God, and we have an inheritance, and that inheritance includes material provision. Listen, I'm out of time, but listen, please go back. You can go to mikemoorminister.com mikemoreministers.com mikemore.com you can go to youtube you can go to uh uh, uh you can download the Mike Moore ministers app but go back and listen and meditate and then go back again and then take notes take notes we we got a ways to go this is just two episodes we are uh, we talking about poor no more. God doesn't want you to be poor anymore. And in our next episode, episode three, we're going to talk about the many faces of poverty. Poverty got many faces, and we're going to talk about that. And I believe that I'm anointed. The word is anointed. I believe that you're receiving, and I break the power of lack, scarcity, unfulfilled desire over your life, and I lose abundance and increase and wealth and blessings on your life in the name of Jesus. Listen, I got to go. I trust that you've been blessed. Thank you for taking this journey with me, and I look forward to seeing you next time.